0: It's a community of like-minded business owners that help each other, build each other up, sometimes push and pull each other. If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to me at BillGillilland.actioncoach.com, book a session, and I'll give you all the details. Welcome to this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs, powered by Action Coach Growth Partners. I'm Bill Gilliland, and I'm here to help you make more money, build better teams, and find the time to do the things you went into business for in the first place.
1: Hi, I'm Josh Lloyd, and I'm the publicist at Ridge Journal. We work to empower creative industry.
0: So, Josh, what is Ridge Journal? Well, we started out as a publication in
1: 2017. We were putting out issues once every quarter, and it, uh, it proved difficult to get into the publishing game because print costs are so high, and we started working our way towards more online memberships and around 2020, we had to pivot again, and we pivoted directly towards podcasting, um, which I think Biz Radio is familiar with. Um, in doing that, we gained a lot of traction, and things began to click. And that's what we've been doing since roughly June of 2021.
0: So, so what we is our, I mean, what ahead. is Ridge Journal about? I mean, what's it about?
1: Uh, w- well, we're we're bringing in creative minds and we're talking to them in long form, two hours plus none of this 22 minute stuff. Um, and we're getting to the depths of what it, what makes them be who they are. Um, a lot of times you don't have to be in film or, you know, the traditional arts to be a creative. And so we bring in people, who work in innovative industries, and we talk to them about what they do creatively in their workflow. And typically that brings us to a lot of deeper conversations. It brings us to things that we do um, outside of our jobs often. And uh, we, we cover the whole gamut from parenting to working from home, which seems to be more and more common these days and how we're navigating the shortfalls of all of these things that we have to deal with in everyday life.
0: Okay. So let's reel it back though. I mean, have you always been a creative?
1: Uh, Yeah, I have to say I have. Yes, sir. So
0: So when did you figure that out? I mean, was that like early days?
1: Yeah, I was like seven.
0: Okay. And then you've just been developing and, 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 and generally you've, Used what mediums for your creativeness?
1: I've always been a photographer. Um, I went to UNCG's film school for film and photography. Um, I I got started on a Pentax K1000, and then I moved up from there. I had an I guess you call it an acumen for video. I understood how to edit, and so I just started building my skills. And um, I don't know. I started in 1999, and and then from there we were off to the races literally i worked in motorsport from 2006 until 2016. um felt like we were going around in circles a lot i didn't feel like i was getting anywhere it was a lot of the same thing every year and i pivoted in 2016 to the publication ridge journal <clears throat> and i said well if i'm going to be interviewing these people um why don't i find ways to interview different types of people not just race car drivers not just You know mechanics and such and so i started working towards you know other avenues of of uh of ways to become a better interviewer and i wanted to talk with different types of people and so i started doing that and um we had a flash in the pan in 2018 we did some really good work for uh i guess the fall season that year and that led me into doing more in the print medium and then it seemed like we kept getting more and more podcasts booked. And so uh, I was like, well, I'm spending so much time writing and building issues. Um, why don't we pivot that energy towards video production? It'll be a more streamlined process and we can get to the, the bottom of things quicker. Also, more people were listening than they were reading. And so we had to kind of go to where our listeners were. And they were online and they, they were already in 2016 and 17 really getting into the podcast realm. And now look at it, it's flourishing.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So let's just deal with that on a business side. So how do you make a podcast into a business?
1: Well, that's a great question for you, Bill. I'm still working through the nuts and bolts of that. I mean, you you have to ask yourself, does it have to be profitable right away? <clears throat> And if it's not profitable in one calendar year, is it worth continuing? And I, I think if it's worth it, then the answer is yes. And in a lot of cases, um, in my personal in my personal case, I'm I built my studio from scratch in my home office, and it's a large space, and we put it together really well. Um, but it was much like the field of dreams. It's like if you build it, they'll come, and they did. And we started working towards, you know, who are we going to bring in? Who wants to come talk? And so I do them in four person quarters. We'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll study who's around us and we'll put out, you know, requests for them to come talk. And then we start building the podcast from whether it be their notoriety or our own or from however we connect with other people online when they listen to the podcast that we do. And we just we just see the process and um I gotta say, just looking at my stats at this point, it's tenfold, maybe even a hundredfold as far as like from the first episode to the twenty seventh, which was uh with you, Bill. And right. um yeah. you know, our stats are showing a real high increase in interest. So
0: Yeah, I think on monetizing a podcast, it's it depends on what your goal is. So yeah. if, if your goal is to make money with the podcast, then there are a lot of ways to do that, but obviously, you know, sponsorships are one. They're they're you know probably the the most the most common one. Affiliates, those yeah. those those kind of ways. You know, you know, our goal with the podcast has always been exposure and to yeah uh, and to meet people. Like it's it's super easy, but you know, the, yeah, to, and that's
1: the, that's my profit margin right there. I don't I'm not worried about the money. Like my profit margin is who can I meet, and how can we make their day better, and if I'm seeing that, that's all I need. Now, will the money come eventually? Yeah, but does it have to be there right now? I don't think so.
0: No. Well, and you so, have to. Well, you do have to decide how we're how you're going to monetize it. If you're if you're, you know, are you going to get like I also know you know you know you do, do you said you do videos, so you're you're also doing video work. Yeah. For people like you did it. You just did a, a videography job for me and an event we had. And I did. so, um, you know, if, if that's the goal, then, uh, you know, that will monetize. That's a way to monetize it as well. Well, I mean, that's
1: then, how I've been monetizing it is through oh, okay. my, my work with Josh Lloyd Media. I mean, I've been doing that since 2006. And so. People know me, and I'm able to get hired frequently for that work. And so I'm just taking the money I make through Josh Lloyd Media at this point and using it to finance the podcast. I'm running into a few roadblocks now. I'm wanting to bring on some larger guests, and they're from out of town. And so I'm going to accommodate them when they come. Now, they, I might not pay them to come on the podcast, but I will pay for their Airbnb and for their flight from Austin, Texas, or Hollywood, or wherever they're coming from. And in doing that, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to cost me about 600 bucks. All right, I got to figure out how to pay for this too. And so that's when I think finding sponsors would be really beneficial for a Rich Journal. Um,
0: and so, why aren't you considering using the technology that we have today for that? Is that what's up with that? I? I I love that Zoom exists, but I do not
1: love the the separation between the humans on the zoom call um this is great for people who need to learn something but there's something about being in person that really matters and if you look at our branding at ridge journal you see we're using the michelangelo uh the sistine chapel painting there where the two fingers touch and in doing that bringing people together in person you get a deeper level of communication that you don't get through zoom
0: you just can't get it well, we, we look, we all know that it doesn't in any kind of sales or marketing that in person, we have to agree that in person is better and then, I'll agree. yeah. and, and then, sure. and, and zoom's pretty good, you know? And so, uh, and then next would be, you know, a phone call and then probably, you know, down the list somewhere is email and text. So, uh, but that's because of the modalities of communication. You know, and how just, people how people learn. So
1: for for me, it's also really exciting when I get to invite a comedian like Bill Dawes on my show, and he has hundreds of thousands of followers, and he says yes to coming and meeting with me in person and sitting down and talking for three hours.
0: Yeah, no, I that's mean, I, I mean that's an amazing opportunity for sure. He's a,
1: at the end of that conversation, he'll be my friend. I mean, no question. And so I, I want that type of connectivity when I'm speaking to my interviews. Whether I have to go out in the field and get them or if they're coming to me, I really prefer to be in person. I will use Zoom when I have to. But for me, I, I don't know. I just I haven't really had a desire to do that yet.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people that come somewhere near here. You know I mean, touring, touring or you know for business or whatever that would be interesting and it might you know it seems to me that you could capitalize on that
1: well, i have been i mean we send them a nice packet we say hello from Asheville, north carolina we want you to come see us we want you to come on our podcasts this is the airbnb you would stay in all expenses paid <laughs> and we'll even cover your flight to get here and and they often are very intrigued because Asheville's beautiful and I'm working to try to maybe secure them some Biltmore tickets or something. That'd be nice. And so when these people come into the area, they'll be taken care of, you know, and, and Asheville is a beautiful vacation destination. I mean, didn't we advertise on, what was it? The U S open of tennis this year?
0: Oh yeah. That was crazy to see Asheville up there with, (laughs) it it was neat with all the banks and all that stuff. It was, it was, it was kind of cool. All right, mm-hmm. so let's talk about Josh Lloyd Media a little bit. So where are you with that, and where do you want to take it?
1: <clears throat> uh, I, right now, I'm in a position where I need to duplicate my equipment. Um, so Josh Lloyd Media and Ridge Journal work out of the same studio. And so Ridge Journal has all of their equipment in, in one place, and it's like five cameras, and it's for the show. It's for the podcast. But the problem I run into is when I get hired to do Josh Lloyd Media work, I have to take all those cameras down and then take them to the job, come back, put them back up. I mean, this takes, it's like a four-hour process each time. And so, for me, I need a travel kit and I need a studio kit. And I need that studio kit to stay where it's at at all times. And uh, that's kind of where I am as far as like my production goes. And if I can get to where I have cameras that are on the ready that are always like zipped up in a bag and ready to go i won't feel so um encumbered when it comes time to actually do a job for josh lloyd
0: media and so, so that's
1: my that's my frustration right now
0: yeah so the mo so the more the more videography you do though the more equipment you can you can pour back into equipment and uh, invest i know in that and, f- and create that field trip so it's kind of a chicken or the egg here well let, yeah. let's talk about you've been in business 20 some years um let's talk about some of the lessons you've learned what what are some of the the bigger lessons that you've learned being in business
1: um it, it sounds odd but um i'm finding that i don't need as many people as i thought i did
0: talk um, more about that
1: associates are good associates are hard to come by and for a long time i would find myself, again, encumbered by partnerships or relationships that were, um, I don't know what the right word is, but they were negative. And, and I, I couldn't seem to get things right. But then uh, I talked to you about this on my show, um, cutting, cutting out the F clients or the D clients, but also cutting out the, the D or F associates. Um, for those who don't know, A, we would grade our clients A, B, C, or D. And then I had F clients, but I also had F <laughs> associates. I had F associates. They were F pluses, all of them. And you know they would just they would just be demeaning or very negative, or they would do things that would cost you money. And so I just started realizing that that's a position that could be automated. And so I started automating positions with around me, um, and in doing that. I found that like I can do I can get farther, and this sounds weird alone, but not alone because I'm bringing in people to talk to all the time, and I'm, and so I'm actually like making it so that I don't have to worry about working with another person behind camera, but I can focus more on the work I'm doing with the person in front of me at the table, and um, that's been really helpful. I've also, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I've I've just I've I've realized I don't need as many people as I thought I did before. That's been the biggest lesson for me.
0: Yeah. Instead of having a massive staff, you've, you've, you've started systemizing some things and automating as much and outsourcing as much as you can, rather than having a bunch of people on payroll.
1: To say an independent producer has a massive staff is kind of a joke, but yeah, I mean, I would have three or four people that I would try to pay, you know, contract work for. I would pay them, you know, one two three five hundred dollars at a time for for work they would help me do but i just didn't need to do that uh right. technology is also catching up i mean i work with the ATM HM mini extreme iso it's this beautiful piece of technology and i can automate the switchboard to actually switch while i'm on camera and i don't even need anyone there
0: no, that's crazy what yeah. um what other lessons have you learned Oh man,
1: um, it's hard to you know water one down for you and pull it up like a like a. All right, well, let me ask the water. question
0: a different way. What what is something that you wish somebody had told you?
1: Oh boy, uh, it's going to be okay. I think is the real big one, and that there's not. It's it, that's tough, Bill. I mean,
0: it's going to be okay. Is a great one. Yeah,
1: but it, that's a real long conversation to have with with me at. 20 years old it, and really honestly the best <laughs> yeah i mean really the best time to have talked to me is probably around 27. i mean i i remember 27 was when i had my first real round of failure and um i think it was when i was i was over preparing a lot and i was like thinking i needed more than i had as far as like because i was selling dvds at the time literally out of the trunk of my my car at motorcycle racing events and stuff and so we would come up to the banquet and then i would be like oh well you know last year they bought so many i mean i cleaned out last year i'm gonna have to do it again this year and literally like i sold the same amount as i did the year before and i had all this product left over that i didn't need and um that was really hard um to realize that you just like you because you spent a bunch of money and then you realize you didn't need to spend that money and so that was the toughest one for me. Um, also getting over fear of talking in front of people. Like that's always been a hard thing for me to do. And I find out when I do, like I can be a real gift to society, you know, but like it's getting past yourself. That's been the hardest thing. So,
0: so, so the lesson is, Hey, it's going to be okay. Get out of your own way and, Huge. Keep, and, and keep going.
1: Yeah, and don't get so down on yourself. Don't feel hard about things. Each right. day is a new day.
0: Yeah, you and got to. Yeah, a new opportunity every day.
1: Yep. People forget too. Like they they they're very forgiving. Like in most cases, someone may pull something up from your past if you get too big for your britches, but I mean, for the most part, like in public, if something embarrassing happened to you, there's a good chance that those people didn't even know that you were embarrassed.
0: You know, like they didn't realize. So yeah, I do think we are way too inward looking a lot of times, or we're worried about what other people think, and they don't. And the truth is, they don't care. Yeah, you know, they 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 really, and in, the, in most cases, they don't. They're not. They're paying attention to their own stuff, and they're and not. If
1: if they do see it, Bill, sometimes they're very sympathetic.
0: <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> like, lot I've of happened to me one time. Well, and, and everybody thinks they have their own, that they're the only people that have this stuff. And, you know, we were just in a room with 100 or so people yesterday, and and, and, and when, when we went around the room, everybody, yeah, yeah, I've got that challenge. Yeah, I've got that challenge. Yeah, I don't have a <laughs> you know, time is a challenge for me. Money is a challenge for me. Finding great team members is a challenge for me. Everybody's got the same stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and everybody's got fears to overcome. So I think those are great lessons. Is there any last thing that you'd like to leave us with here, Josh?
1: Oh man. Um, I'm not sure I, if you're out there and you're listening, just keep your head up. I think that's the the general motivation for most people, but seriously, just believe in yourself. And if you have a good idea, run with it.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Josh, thanks for being on. All the best. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs. Here's four things you can do. First, you can listen every week on Biz Radio, Mondays at 1. Second, you can subscribe to the podcast. Hey, you get it. The more subscribers we have, the more cool things we can offer you. Three, you can also go out and give us a five-star rating everywhere. And number four, if you'd like a free copy of my book, The Coach Approach, Five Principles to Build an Epic Business, Just go to giftfrombill.com. It's your roadmap to building your epic business. That's giftfrombill.com. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.